Welcome to the Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. In today's message, Dr. Forrest presents part two of his teaching, Living Life Inside Out. Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Scott Forrest at Faith Life Fellowship Church. We're so happy you could join us this morning for the live stream portion of our service. But before I begin my message, I want to take some time to thank those who have continued to give faithfully while we've been unable to meet live here at the church. It means the world to us, and I believe it means the world to the Lord as well. Uh, For those of you that don't know, you can continue to give by going to our homepage at GoFaithLife.com. And on the homepage, there's a place where you can donate online. You can also find our mailing address if you want to send your gifts and offerings in by the mail. Amen. Again, we appreciate it so much. And we know that the Lord appreciates it as well. Uh, Jesus said in Luke 6, 38, that if you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men will give to your bosom. Now, that's a picture that Jesus is painting of sowing a seed and receiving an abundant harvest. So with that in mind, this is what we've been declaring over you as you sow into Faith Life Fellowship. We've been believing, God, that you'll receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates in return, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses to decrease, blessing and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all the financial needs of our members that they may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, this morning, we're going to return to our series on living life inside out. Now, I know it's been a while since we started the series, March 8th to be exact, because we took a longer break than we originally planned, primarily because I wanted to spend some time teaching on some things that would help counter the fear and the hysteria surrounding the coronavirus crisis. And then last Sunday was Easter, and I preached on Christ, our Passover, who was sacrificed for us. Amen. But now that things have settled down a bit, I've been feeling like it's time to get back to some basic teaching of the Word of God. Can I get an amen? So here we go with part two and the conclusion of living life inside out. Now, I originally planned for this to be a three-part series. On March 8th, we covered enough in part one that I'm pretty sure I can wrap it up this morning with part two. Having said that, I think you should take advantage of the podcast of part one. It's only audio, but if you want to get the most out of this series, you'll want to listen to part one as well. All right. In part one, we spent some time talking about the three-part nature of man, i.e. how that God made man with three distinct components, spirit, soul, and body, yet we are one complete human being. Now, you can read that in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Paul says to the Thessalonians, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This scripture is so wonderful and there's so much in it and we can't cover it all today, but I want to hit the high points. It basically says that the God of peace is personally interested in sanctifying you 
setting you apart in your whole being completely, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. And we know from experience as born again Christians that the process begins in your spirit. And that's one of the main points we made in part one of this series. When you accept Jesus as your Lord, the Bible says you are born again spiritually. And when that happens, your spirit man becomes righteous, perfect, and holy on the inside, just like God. Let me show you that in the scripture because uh, the truth of what I just said is really hard for most people to grasp. It's really hard to get your arms around something like that. But 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18, bear it out. Listen to this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God. Amen. He's a new creation. If you study the language there, it says a new creation without precedent, which never before existed. Amen. So therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, which never before existed. All things are gone and everything's become new and everything on the inside in your spirit, man, is made up of God stuff. Amen. When you get born again, you become a new creation in Christ and the old nature that used to rule your life is replaced by a new nature that is just like God's. And it is righteous, it is perfect, and it is holy. Now, common sense tells us, even if we don't see it in the scripture, common sense tells us that this verse has to be talking about our spirit man. Because we know ourselves. We know our faults, we know our flaws, and we know that we're not walking in righteousness, in perfection, and holiness to the level that we should be or to the level that we desire to be. Amen? As I've said many times before, once you've been born again, the challenge of the Christian walk is to get what's inside of you to show up on the outside. And one of the best ways you can make that happen is to find out what that man on the inside is really like. And the best way you can do that is to get into the word and see what God says about that inner man. Then you can attach your faith to what the Bible says about that man and start to pull more of those characteristics and more of those attributes from the inside to the outside so people can see the real you. I'm here to tell you the real you is the man or woman on the inside that is righteous, that is perfect, that is holy. Amen. Listen, it's kind of a bizarre concept. And like I said, it's hard to get our arms around. But there's a man on the inside of you. If you've been born again, if Jesus is your Lord, there's a man on the inside of you that always wants to pray, that always wants to read the word, that always wants to worship God, that always wants to love one another, love other people, walk in love. Listen, and all you've got to do is learn to tap in to that man who lives on the inside of you. Amen. And that truth, the truth that there is righteousness, perfection, and holiness in you uh, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, through the born-again experience, that truth is uh, what we talk about when I say living life inside out. That's what I'm talking about. Taking what's in you and pulling it to the outside, amen? Uh, letting what's in you in your spirit, man, begin to affect and influence the other two parts of your three-part being. So that you are sanctified or set apart completely. Spirit, soul, and body. Everybody's on the same page following the will and the word of God. Amen.
Now, just so you know that we're on solid scriptural ground, when I say fantastic things like you are righteous, perfect and holy on the inside, I want to show it to you in the scripture. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 and 23. We talked about this in part one. The writer of the Hebrews says, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Now, the writer of the Hebrews is painting a picture of the heavenly city. He sees the living God sitting on a throne and he says all kind of spirit beings living there and uh, so many angels in heaven that you can't even count them. But he says there's something else there that you need to notice in verse 23 he says to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God the judge of all to the spirits of just or righteous men made perfect. Isn't that interesting? Those people that profess Jesus as Lord who have gone on to heaven are populating the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which is in heaven. They're registered in heaven. Another way of saying that is they're citizens of heaven. Their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. So that means also that this can refer to us. We're believers. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We are citizens of heaven. We're just not there yet. But notice what it says about those of us that are in the church of the firstborn. It says that God, the judge of all, has made righteous men perfect. He made them perfect. They didn't get there by themselves, through their own efforts, through their own deeds. They had to be made righteous. They had to be made perfect. And it happened, according to verse 23, in their spirit. So the main thing I want you to get out of this scripture is it makes it clear that when we get born again, the part of our three part being that is changed, that is made righteous, that is made perfect is our human spirit. Amen. It sounds so fundamental, but there are plenty of people in the body of Christ who are still saying, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. What a contradiction. What an insult to what Jesus paid for with his shed blood. Amen. You're either a sinner or a saint. Now, I was a sinner, but I was saved by grace. Amen. Now I'm a saint. Amen. And that truth is what sets Christianity apart from all other world religions. That you have to be made perfect. You have to be made righteous. You have to be made holy. You cannot attain those in your own human efforts. And you cannot do it with your righteous deeds. And listen, it's a direct contrast with all the world religions that we know about. Christianity stands as a direct contrast to all the world religions. Why? If you study all the world religions, you'll find out they have one thing in common. They all strive to reach righteousness, perfection, and holiness in their form through their own natural human efforts through the deeds of man. But true Christianity stands as a stark contrast in that we believe and we recognize that the standard of righteousness, the standard of perfection, and the standard of holiness is absolutely unattainable by fallen man. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us can measure up to the righteous standard that is God. Amen. 
The only way we can attain such things is to receive them as a gift. A gift that is given by a gracious and loving Heavenly Father. A Father who loved the world so much that He sent His Son Jesus to pay the price so He could make you righteous, make you perfect, and make you holy. Amen. So I want to spend the rest of this message talking about righteousness, perfection, and holiness. We'll start with a definition of righteousness. Biblical righteousness means that you have right standing with God or you are in right relationship with God. And if you're in right standing with God, legally, no judgments of any kind can be rendered against you. But remember, no amount of righteous deeds can earn you that kind of righteousness because the standard of righteousness is God's righteousness. If you're not as righteous as God, you're not righteous enough to enter into heaven. And God's righteousness can only be obtained as a gift through faith in Jesus Christ as Lord. Amen. Listen, that's borne out here in Romans chapter 5, verse 17 and 18, an absolutely fantastic passage of Scripture that makes that clear. Verse 17 says, For if by one man's offense, it's talking about the sin of Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Righteousness is a gift. Then verse 18 says, therefore, as through one man's offense, again, talking about the sin of Adam, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, that's talking about the finished work of Jesus Christ, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. Now, justification is an interesting word. Listen, you become justified through faith in Jesus Christ. And here's a way that you can remember what that means. Justified means just if I'd never sinned. Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 really drives home the point. And in the King James Version, like no other version can put it. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, listen to what's being said there. For he hath made him, that is Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. He made Jesus sin so we could be made the righteousness of God in him. You don't become righteous by doing righteous deeds, although righteous deeds are good to do, but righteous deeds flow out of a nature that was made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Do you see that? It flows out of who you are on the inside. So as we're learning in this series, if you know that true righteousness is in you, you can begin to work that righteousness from the inside to the outside. And that's what I mean when I say living life inside out. Let's talk about perfection, the definition of perfection. Biblical perfection describes a state of completeness. In other words, you have everything you need to become the person God created you to be, 
So you do the things that God created you to do and reach the people God created you to reach. Amen. It's kind of like the biblical notion of shalom in the Hebrew. Shalom means more than just peace. It means a completeness. It means a wholeness. Nothing is missing and nothing is broken. Amen. That's what it means to be perfect biblically. Now, again, this level of perfection is not possible through human effort, but it must be received as a gift first. You have to be made perfect in your spirit, just like you were made righteous through faith in Jesus as Lord. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 in the King James Version. Now, the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. It means that Jesus' resurrection and the shedding of his blood and the covenant that came as a result enable God to make you perfect and put something on the inside of you that's always stirring and causing you to want to do what is well-pleasing in his sight. It's always saying, do this, live this way. Don't holler at that person. Show restraint. Walk in love. Worship me. Read the word. If you can yield to the man on the inside who is perfect already, then the rest of your three-part being can go towards perfection and completeness. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, Hebrews 12, 23, we read this before earlier. Talking about the general assembly, it says to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just or righteous men made perfect. Now, the first time we read this verse, I wanted to emphasize the fact that the part of your three part being that is changed and made perfect is your spirit. Now, what I want you to see is that the spirits had to be made perfect. It's a subtle difference, but it's an important difference. They couldn't just become righteous or become perfect through their own deeds, through their own actions. They had to be made righteous. They had to be made perfect. All right, lastly, let's talk about holiness. Here's a definition of holiness that I came up with. Holiness is a statement of your moral character or your moral nature. But it cannot be earned by what you do or what you don't do, or what you wear, or what you don't wear, or whether you have long hair, or a beard, or not. That's not the holiness we're talking about. We're talking about a holiness that God deposits on the inside of you when you're born again. Because once again, the standard is God's holiness. And you'll never reach that standard in your own efforts. You just can't get there. You have to be made holy, just like you were made perfect, just like you were made righteous. Amen. And those things came through the new birth, through the born again experience. Remember there in John chapter three, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Then he spent some time explaining to him that it would be a spiritual new birth. Amen. So let's wrap it up with Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Paul says to the Ephesian that you put off Concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. 
and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created or made according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, love this last scripture. Not only does it make it clear that you have to be made righteous, you have to be made holy, but it makes it clear that we have to put off the old man, the remnant of the sin nature that still dwells to a degree in our soul and our body. And we have to be active and intentional in renewing our mind to the word of God so that we can put on the new man that lives on the inside of us. Amen. We have to bring that new man who was made righteous, who was made perfect, who was made holy from the inside to the outside. And that's what I mean when I talk about living life inside out. Amen. Amen. Now, before I close out this broadcast, I want to give those of you that may be listening or watching an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I believe you sent Jesus to die for me so that I might receive forgiveness of sin and newness of life. I believe you raised him from the dead and I confess Jesus as my Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says I'm saved. The Bible says I'm born again. Now, Lord, help me find a good Bible-believing church and surround me with people who can help me grow in my newfound faith. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. We hope you enjoyed today's message, Living Life Inside Out. If this message has blessed you and you would like to contribute to our ministry, you can do so by donating on our website at gofaithlife.com. If you are in the Wilmington area and are looking for a place to worship, come join us on Sunday at 9.45 a.m. for coffee and fellowship and 10.30 for worship and service. If you would like to learn more about us and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington.